Seventh Avenue Pizza, the official pizza of the Soda Pod. The Soda Pod, the official beer and hockey podcast of Seventh Avenue Pizza. From the land of sky blue waters, welcome to the Soda Pod. Isha Jerome here, and I thank all of you for joining us wherever and whenever you are listening. Now, we're doing things a little bit different here this week. This is the first time in a long time that this full Soda Pod will be on YouTube. That's right. I'm, I'm posting this whole podcast episode on YouTube, and we're going to see how that goes. I know Judd's Buds is always on YouTube. It's more of a live show. It's more of an interactive show. But this way, I do enough live streaming on my other channel that Sundays, it's, it's fun to just kick back and be able to record a podcast without all the interaction, without leaning on the chat to help the show. Now, I love that genre. Don't get me wrong. I really do. That's why I do freaking 13 to 30 hours of it every weekend on the other side. Love putting Sundays aside. Just to sit back, relax, have a little Northland, do some research, and not have to necessarily have any pressure to entertain a live audience here. I can also do edits like this. So anyways, ladies and gentlemen, um, if it's well-received, smash the like button. If you're just listening on audio form, well, nothing's really going to change for you at all. If you guys have been supporting our YouTube channel, we really appreciate it. We are almost at a thousand subscribers. So if you just listen to us via audio, hey, appreciate the support. Thank you so much. Over 300 episodes in, which is absolutely insane. Thank you to everyone who's been listening from the start. And I know there's a few of you who are still here. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We post daily clips of our podcast episodes, both from this one and from Spoke Z, mostly Spoke Z, because let's be honest, him and Hoppy are way more entertaining. Now, a few people have asked me, you know, where's Hoppy on the soda pod? Why has it just been you riding solo or with guests? Well, first of all, Hoppy will be making an appearance on this episode of the soda pod. And second, the man's a new father. The man's a busy guy. And since Hoppy joined the Soda Pod team almost four, four years ago now, before we even hit episode 100, we were going strong as co-hosts, and we still are co-hosts, but given this busy and important time in his life, him and his family's life, him still doing a lot of work with Z as being the co-host of Judd's Buds, we're dividing and conquering right now. That's not to say we won't continue to podcast together down the road. And like I said, he's going to be featured in this episode as well. It's just, he has better and more important responsibilities right now. One of which is keep Z coming back every Wednesday. Love you, Z. Love you, Z. So anyways, just wanted to get that out of the way. Uh, we got a few topics to dive into. I know it was a slow week here in the National Hockey League, given that it's the All-Star weekend, and there's little to no Minnesota Wild news at all. Now, I know you guys, 99% of you, you come here for just wild talk, or at least NHL talk through a wild perspective. And I'm obviously going to continue to provide that to all of you. But in a week like this where you know I'm grasping for straws, I want to give a big shout out to Hockey Wilderness as the only kind of relevant and fun news surrounding the Minnesota Wild uh, came from an article 
from them. So I'm going to give them credit and we're going to talk about that here in the last segment. I should give my, my friend Mateo as well a little credit as he brought this to my attention even even before I went through the Wilderness art article. So I imagine that he checked it out as well. So big shout to Mateo there for that. So we'll start with some NHL news. We will then transition into a little Minnesota Wild news. And don't worry, we're also going to talk about some big news coming out of international hockey as well. Before all of that, though, I just want to give a big shout out to our friends at 7th Avenue Pizzas. Guys, Kowalski's has deals on them. Holiday Station has deals on them. Hell, even High V last week had deals on them as well. Anywhere from 2 to $4 off your 7th Avenue pizza. It's the best damn frozen pizza on the planet, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you, it's the best, is the best. None of that domino shit anymore, guys. You don't need delivery. You don't need Delicio. An awesome local company run by even better people. Let me know, do you prefer eating a 7th Avenue pizza in squares or triangles? Look, I know some of the breweries... And I'm looking at you, Wabasha. You go the square route. I love you guys anyways, but I'm a triangle guy myself. Let me know in the comments. Go follow 7th Avenue Pizza on all social media and let them know where you picked up yours today and if you're a square person or a triangle person. And if you cut your pizza in square, you're probably a square. 7th Avenue Pizza, go get you some today. All right, let's dive into some National Hockey League news. I mean, leave it to... Canadian hockey franchises to make some trades during the all-star break. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. Let's start with the Winnipeg Jets and Montreal Canadiens. The Montreal Canadiens trade Sean Monaghan to the Winnipeg Jets for a first-round pick, this year's first-round pick, and a conditional third-round pick in 2027. Coach of the Winnipeg Jets, Rick Bonus, said that he is thrilled with the Sean Monaghan trade. And let's be honest, who wouldn't be thrilled with the Sean Monaghan joining your team, a healthy Sean Monaghan in particular? Sean Monaghan is only 29 years of age, ladies and gentlemen. He's not even, he's not even 30 yet, and I know he's been bruised, battered, and broken throughout his young career. But when he is healthy, he is still a valuable power forward and goal scorer. Now, is he the flashy goal scorer, Patty Kane style? No, he gets in the dirty areas. And when playing with other skilled players, which we saw in Calgary, how we saw in Montreal, he can still get some goals. Montreal, by the way, still a rebuilding team, has the Flames 2025 pick, the Winnipeg Jets 2024 first round pick, as well as a conditional pick now. And they essentially got two first round picks, one from the Flames for taking on the contract when the Flames initially sent Sean Monaghan to the Montreal Canadiens. But now they also have the Winnipeg Jets first round pick, all for essentially rehabilitating Sean Monaghan's career on the ice. So shout out to the Montreal Canadiens. I can't believe I'm giving the Montreal Canadiens any love here. And shout out to Sean Monaghan, man. Again, only 29 years old is the Brampton, Ontario native. And I was a huge fan of him coming out of the OHL where he had back-to-back 78-point seasons, 33 goals in 62 games, and a whopping 31 goals in 58 games in 2012-2013. He was a sixth overall pick in the 2013 draft. And in his first year with the Calgary Flames, 22 goals, 34 points, followed that up with two 60-point seasons and has a career-high 82-point season 
in 2018, 2019, where he also scored 34 goals. There was a four-year stretch with the Calgary Flames where he had two back-to-back 27 goal seasons in 2016 and 2017, and then followed that up with 31 and 34 in 2018-19. That's when the injury bug really started to take its toll. 70 games the next year, 50, and then was seemingly broken with the Calgary Flames in 2021-2022, where in a 65-game stretch, he only had 23 points, 8 goals, and was on pace for the lowest plus-minus in his career. He did okay upon being flipped to the Montreal Canadiens, where he scored 6 goals and 17 points in 25 games, and this year, a resurgence for the healthy Sean Monaghan. 13 goals, 22 assists for 35 points in 49 games. Very much an asset to that team. That he was third in scoring for the team behind Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki. Tied for second in goal scored with that of Nick Suzuki right under Cole Caulfield again. Again, the, the Montreal Canadiens have a great blueprint moving forward. They have a lot of young prospects. A few of them in the National Hockey League still developing right now, still learning the ways of the league, they're going to pop eventually, right? They're going to pop eventually, but why not flip a guy for more assets? Because Montreal Canadiens, I mean, they're not going to pop next year and they're probably not going to pop the year after that. Why not continue to fill the cabinet with prospects that, hey, when you do pop, when you do become that competitive team, you either can flip to solidify roster spaces that you need to be a competitive Stanley Cup champion team, or just to continue getting lottery tickets, essentially, with draft picks and hope that a few more hit that could be with your team long-term, given that you're still a few years out from even being a competitive team, let alone in Stanley Cup contention. I love this for the Winnipeg Jets as well. I know Minnesota Wild fans are going to be like, oh my goodness, I I, I hate this. I, I hate this so much. And a lot of you were on, on I'm going to say this, a lot of you, not necessarily our listeners, because our listeners are very smart listeners, but a lot of you on wild Twitter, I feel like we're just pissed off about this and very critical of the trade because of your hate for the Winnipeg Jets. And I don't blame you, right? Like I, I'll be the first one to criticize anything the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, do, but there, a lot of you are very smart wild fans out there and you went way too hard on the Winnipeg Jets for making this move. You really did, given that the Winnipeg Jets are actually a competitive team this year. And... Unfortunately for the Wild, playing Winnipeg very, very soon, Sean Monaghan is going to definitely not make that game any easier, not going to diminish the hate for the Winnipeg Jets at all. I think he fits right in. Whether he plays center, whether he plays wing, he's that type of big hockey player that can fill either role because it's not like he's the one setting up all the plays. He's not the one with that elite vision that sees the game you know, a couple steps ahead of everybody. He's in an exceptional piece of a line that clicks and he's good at clearing space in front of the net and being that net front presence. Is he a traditional power forward? No. Will he still play a similar role to that with the Winnipeg Jets? Absolutely. And they just got a lot better. A team that's not necessarily rebuilding the Winnipeg Jets, kind of like the Minnesota Wild in that they're they're always kind of competitive, but Rick Bonus is still continuing to make sure that this team makes noise in the respective division, makes noise going into the playoffs. So I, I'm happy for Sean Monaghan, and I'm my eyebrows are raised. I'm I'm very interested to see how the Jets do down the stretch 
with him now in the lineup. All right, on the other side, we're going to bring Hoppy in here to talk a little bit about the Vancouver Canucks trade that occurred as that trade happened last Wednesday, literally while Z and Hoppy were live on Judd's Buds. So they didn't really have time to break it down as the entire trade hadn't been announced yet. It just was announced that the Vancouver Canucks made a trade with the Calgary Flames. Elias Lindholm was involved, but the details of the trade had not been disclosed yet. So they didn't really have a lot of details to present or talk about. And given that Hoppy's a Pittsburgh Penguins fan, I want to get his take on, for those in Canucks Nation, and, you know, Canucks fan myself, what can we expect from Jim Rutherford going into the deadline this summer and just overall with a competitive team? But before that, I just want to give a big shout out to Northland Vodka. Dry January's over, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my God, that just hits the spot. For those of you who did it, I hope that you saw some healthy results. And I do not encourage you to just now start binging everything left, right, and center. What I do encourage you to do, though, if you're going to take the edge off, if you are going to enjoy a Minnesota Wild hockey game or any sporting event like the Super Bowl coming up next week that you do it with Northland Vodka. It's an outstanding vodka, ladies and gentlemen. The best vodka that I have ever had. An unbelievable local company as well. Mark Parrish is a beauty. Friend of the show. Oh, hey, Mark. And the best part about it is a percentage of sales go back into the community to support local hockey. If that doesn't get you out there buying a bottle, I don't know what does. If your liquor store does not have it on the shelves, ask them why not. And I'm sure that they will get in contact with the crew at Northland Vodka. Great local company, great people, and an unbelievable product. It is the best vodka in the state of Minnesota. Even if Russian vodka was allowed in the United States right now, I'd still be drinking American. Let's freaking go. Go get you some Northland today. All right, guys. And to further talk about this uh, Canucks trade and uh, and just some other things as well. Uh, Hoppy's joining us for a quick, quick segment here. What's up, Hoppy? How's it going? Yo, snuck out in between feedings. We're getting through. Love it. Love it. Um, what have yeah. you been up to this weekend? I know we haven't done like a, a, a hoppy hour in a little, in a little while. We've both been really busy, but uh, you, you went out and about today. Did you not? Uh, today and yesterday, a quick uh, went real, uh, weren't there too long maybe like hour and a half but went out to loose line um had a family like birthday gathering quick and great beers as always um it looks like their menus getting thin too because people are just powering through it because they're awesome but it was really funny because uh my brother-in-law noticed like they had a couple you know that stage up at the front where we recorded when we went on site yep so there were two beer pong tables set up and i don't think it was something through loose line like i think it was like an external party that had kind of like set it up but it was like kind of intended to be an event but i didn't see anyone playing it but there was a sign that said must be 18 and older to play i'm like wait what the fuck like <laughs> is this fucking Kanada or 
Can- or Canada, as Isha would say, but like well, Alberta, it was, only, it was 18. <laughs> yeah, only Alberta, because most of Canada is 19. I think Alberta, yeah, I think Alberta and 19. Oh. What the fuck? Okay. I think oh, Alberta and Quebec are the only two that are 18, if I'm not mistaken. <sighs> All right. Well, then we finished the night with the incredible Elmars that I don't believe Isha has even no. tried yet. Oh my God, dude. It, it probably is my favorite pizza in Minnesota. I, I mean, if we're going to like, it depends on category, of course, because, dude, both Bricksworth and Rectangle have incredible Detroit style. But if we're going like New York style pizza, which, you know, my buddy Connor, who is like the big foodie. I, he, I, I was just going to say, I am now in a Minnesota pizza group and I see Connor all the time very, when anyone's like, hey, active. if uh, if I, I need to find somewhere to eat in, in Plymouth and he goes, Elmar's is the only answer or is the right answer or something like that every single time. And I was like, I know him. I know oh, him. No, dude, He is super active on that one. And it is literally just about Elmar's. He's like, yeah, I saved three souls again today. I'm like, oh, you're doing the Lord's work, man. Shout out to Connor. But, uh, yeah, I still got to get out there. He is like big, big, big foodie in general, but he's like super keen on his pizza. Because he lived in New York for a while. He's got family in New York. So, you yeah. know, obviously he is the authority on pizza. And he said it's better than most places in New York, too. Like, he speaks that highly of it. And apparently their bagels are awesome. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm oh. not going to be in Plymouth in the morning. But uh, sure, I'll maybe someday try that. But yeah, because yeah. if I'm in Plymouth in the morning, I'm getting quick trip, usually not Elmar's bagels. Also, also that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, we Okay, yeah, we got to get off that. I'm going to get hungry here. Um, But yes, Loose Line, everyone, go support awesome people over there but uh yes today being sunday went out uh to d spot out by uh the 3m campus and it's kind of become a tradition that that's the last stop on the way back from snowmobile weekend now this year connor and i both had to bow out with uh young kids and weirdly enough pat whose like cabinet is in up michigan that we go to his kid is like a week younger than mine. He also had one and his wife was like, no, go have fun. I'm like, Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> that makes my excuse not sound as good. Um, but, uh, anyways, the compromise was, I am absolutely still going to D spot. She's like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> nice. Nice. So went out there and they have a like secret menu quote unquote, but it's not like a secret menu. Like, Oh, here's cool combos. It's more like, no, these are really fucking hot and we don't want the general public to order them because we're afraid for their life kind of thing. You have to sign a waiver? Uh, they say that. We now, because Joey didn't have to sign a waiver, uh, we are under the impression that they just like say that over and over so that you are like very aware of what you're signing up for. Okay. Kind of thing. I don't know for sure. But yes, they had the hottest wings they make. It is called White Noise. And uh, a tier below that is Sapoku. If that, uh, oh shit, you any idea of what we're talking about here? <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> um, but he fucking so he gets these wings, and Connor is way more excited about this than Joey. Connor's like, I, I just need someone to do this. I need to watch. And <laughs> he's like trying to get all the details. Like he wanted the chef to come out and talk to us about it. And the guy's like, Yeah, chef's not coming out. Let me know if you have any questions. <laughs> and apparently, so I don't know the lingo like Joey and Connor would be able to speak to it way better, but there's like, like a grade or like a scale to which like Scoville units. Yes. Yeah. Scoville yeah. Units, yeah. You, know, you know? Yeah. Okay. Take a guess on how many Scoville units this uh, wing sauce had. I'm going to, I'm going to aim high and say 10,000 or 8,000. So like what? 
2,500, I believe they said, is what uh, Jalapeno is. Yeah. And I think he said, I think like Carolina Reaper is like just over a mil. Yeah. Like a million. Um, His was registering just over 7 million. Yeah. Um, And he did say like Joey was uh, of the opinion that it probably is a little overstated because that's probably like taking all of the different peppers, all of it combined when he yeah, said yeah. that's the hottest one because he it did have Carolina Reaper. It did have, um, I know it had ghost pepper. And then the big one was, Oh man. Um, I think I actually have it on my phone still. Cause I was like, what the fuck is this thing? So yeah. So these but are for real. Cause like, I, I was like, Oh, I'm aiming high with eight thinking that, you know, like jalapeno. That's you said eight thousand. Yeah, 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 eight thousand. Seven million. I know. That's why I'm like, damn. I at yeah, first no, I was like two hundred thousand, but no, damn, dude. Like this is this. He's gonna be Randy Marsh pretty soon. Just straight up. Oh, hot, 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 hot. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's oh, here we go. It's Maruga Scorpion. What you can look that shit up if you want, people. It's apparently pretty fucked up. I think that one he said is like two or three million alone. So I think he's under the impression like yeah it was mostly led by that heat but it's just all the different peppers and obviously everyone's affected by different peppers differently so like yeah of course you're, it's gonna pack more heat for sure and we recorded the whole thing we'll see when i can get it up i'm gonna throw it up on like instagram reels and tiktok and shit but basically joey like was fine <laughs> he he ate the first one and we're like oh shit this is lame like this is nothing for him like this must not be very hot. And then he's like get, going into the second one. He's like, yeah, I'm starting to feel something. Um, yeah, it's, it's getting warmer, but he's like calm through the whole thing. Right. Like this isn't like, holy fuck guys. Uh Oh, this is bad. This is bad. He's just like, yeah. Okay. It's getting hotter. Um, okay. Yep. I, I definitely see what they're talking about now and keeps going. And the, the whole thing is you have to eat four of them and yeah. they gave him extra ones, I think, cause they were making this batch. Like no one else was having that batch today. He had all four, but by the end, he was definitely like, he was sweating good. He was definitely feeling it. Like it lingered and hung out for a while. Um, but so this is like Joey's just standard interaction. And this, he said it is far and away the hottest wing he's ever had. Wow. But like he was fairly unfazed. Um, Connor comes in, dips his pinky in and even like rubbed some that was on his pinky off onto like the sheet paper that the wings are on puts it in his mouth, steps back, and like 10 seconds later, he's like, oh, fuck, I made a mistake. <laughs> Damn. I got that on video, too. He's just dying. Oh, dying I can't wait to see that video. Dab, and it's like, holy shit. Nope, Joey's just a fucking machine. Dude, some people are like that, though. Joey, Joey went on. If, if Joey started doing this full time, man, he'd probably be famous on YouTube because there's like a bunch of YouTubers. That that's their thing is like, I, I do every spice challenge and I, and I do things like that. But he's not about the spice challenges. It's got to taste good. It's not just like, oh, look, how like he said it tasted really good. Like it was okay, a good flavor, you. but it was fucking hot. Yeah. Like, so he's not one to do like them one chip challenges because those probably taste no, like shit or whatever. Yeah, he's, but He's got no interest in that shit. He like He's not doing it to prove anything, to be honest. Like he probably wouldn't have done it. But Connor was so gung ho. He's like, fine, I'll fucking do it. Like, dude, Joey, you got a gift, brother. You got a gift. Well, that gift is not going to be great when he's on a 5 a.m. flight home tomorrow. He is probably like, dude, 
the shit he drops on that plane might like burn through the bottom and the, the flight might go down. I don't know. It's, I don't know if those I, plane toilets are equipped for Carolina Reapers. Him. The house he's staying at tonight only has one bathroom. So that's going to be a fucking debacle. Oh man. But uh, yes, it was beyond impressive guy is an absolute maniac. And uh, I, I can say nothing and I can't give Connor shit either because after he did it, I'm like, I'm not fucking trying that. No, <laughs> not touching it. No, I, mean, I, I have yeah, even just tried. I'm like, nope, it's okay. You can be tougher than me. I'm out. Oh, I have even more FOMO now because I definitely would have tried that, but there's no way I would have been able to get any more work done tonight. Probably. Oh, yeah, you, you'd be fucking couched next you, time. Next time. Next no, time I'll clear my whole afternoon schedule now and I'll give it a try. Hottest <laughs> one I had was Puff the Magic Dragon, and it actually tastes delicious. But they're D spot. Wings are awesome. Out, yeah. out in Oakdale, like the sauces are no fucking joke. There's so many options. You can really hit the full spectrum. Big fan. And they got a pretty wide variety, like different types of curry, different jerk combos, different like chili combos, obviously buffalo. Like my personal favorite is probably the jerkalo, which is literally just jerk buffalo combo. Delightful. Nice. And that's pretty like dead middle of their heat spectrum, I would say. Um, I got another one that said it was like kind of hot, but it was like it was a very sweet way. Like it was oh, okay. it was like a peanut curry, but it it was not. Ooh. It had zero bite. Zero. I still that sounds good. It was delicious. No, I loved it, but not hot at all. But Puff the Magic Dragon is like okay. as far as what they have on their menu, I think it's like the the second highest tier. It was really good. I had one wing and I enjoyed it. There was definitely some like lingering heat, but I was okay. I think if I had had a full like tray of them, I'd probably not be feeling as great, but one wing delicious liked it. I'll probably dabble more in the future, but yeah, can't, uh, can't recommend them enough. It's a little off the beaten path, but worth it. Worth it. Yeah. No, for sure. I can't do jerk chicken anymore or anything of that. I love jerk. I, I used to love it and I know we don't we don't have too much time so I won't get into it too much, yeah, but I was fair. hospitalized doing a dare with uh jerk chicken sauce at a restaurant and uh, let's just say yeah, let's yeah, just say my stomach lining uh was was torn a little bit from that and uh, had to spend a couple of days in the hospital. Didn't that, didn't that make uh the make good choices round? I think I'm it might sure have actually through that one. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I did. So yeah, anyways. interesting. All right, yeah. M moving on, I guess. All right, Vancouver Canucks, Hoppy. Um, I know this trade broke right when you and Z were doing your live show for Judd's Buds. You guys just talked about it just for a couple minutes there. But uh, Canuck, Vancouver Canucks acquire Elias Lindholm from the Calgary Flames for Andre Kuzmenko, two prospects, a 2024 first-round pick, and a conditional 2024 fourth-round pick. First thing I want to say is apparently the Boston Bruins were heavily in on that deal as well, but they didn't have... They just didn't have the draft capital to put it to yeah. that the Vancouver could that could match, and they already went all in last season. You know, acquiring Tyler Bertuzzi, they yeah. gave up some draft capital last year as well. So, so they were the, they were pretty much the right in the running as well. But Vancouver was able to give up a little bit more in textbook uh, Jim Rutherford fashion. Futures, futures, futures. So wanted to, you know wanted to bring Hoppy on quickly to to comment on. What a Canucks fan like myself or, you know, anybody listening who follows the Vancouver Canucks can expect from a Jim Rutherford team. And if you think this trade was a good trade for the Vancouver Canucks well before the deadline. Well, first that 
that is GM Jim Rutherford's MO. Like he does not wait until trade deadline. He gets his work done well in advance, partially because he wants to know where his team sits, but also like you strike early like this. That's when you catch everyone off guard. No one's ready to put a big bid in because either they're not sure where their team's at, or they're just not even in a position where they've fathomed like what they're going to give up. Cause yeah. when you look at what Vancouver did give up, like this is a great trade for Calgary. They got a great return and I don't hate it for either side. Like it makes sense. It's just and shout out Z like all chaos. All he wanted was for Elias Pedersen, the prospect, the defenseman to be included. Yeah. So that people just lost their fucking minds on Twitter. Didn't happen. And to your point on Boston, that Frege, Elliot Friedman already out there saying like, yeah, he wouldn't be shocked if like Vancouver doesn't resign him. Boston's going to take a big run at him this summer. Oh, so, interesting. Interesting. But I think it's a really interesting move from a lot of angles. I, you can't call it a bad move. Like Vancouver just got better. They yeah. definitely upgraded. And I, I do think that it's indicative that like Rutherford definitely thinks this is a team that can contend for a cup. He don't get me wrong. He's a guns gunslinger in general, but to make a move like that, he's not going to do it unless he sees that being part of the outcome. Uh, I'm kind of torn on the angles of what it does for their lineup, because you can either have him be your second line center and keep rocking that Besser Miller and uh, Pedersen line. Sounds like everyone's leaning toward him spending a lot more time with Pedersen and having Miller go down to be the guy that kind of drives that second line. I'm more intrigued at the prospect that this might be some insurance on Elias Pedersen too. I was just going to bring that up. I was just going to bring it up. This could be an insurance plan just in case Elias Pedersen doesn't. And and, and make no mistake. The preference is Pedersen. And there is a world where you can sign both. It ain't going to be fucking easy. Um, More so for the term, like they can make the dollars work. Like I looked at their cap friendly. It is very possible, but that's only for the short term. You're going to be in trouble in like three or four years and you're going to be doing a lot of damage control. Now, Hey, if you think that these next three years are your best window to contend, fuck it. Right. But that is where I'll kind of draw my line for Jim Rutherford. Right. This is a guy who nine times out of 10, he is going to not necessarily win a trade, but he is going to do a trade that makes the team better. And he does it in two different ways. And it has really proven out for the most part. Either you bring in a guy that fills a hole that you desperately need to fill. And whether that's talking an elite player, like, you know, Elias Lindholm has, or yeah, God, I get so between Elias Pedersen, Elias Lindholm, Hampus Lindholm, like it's just fucking well, all the Swedes have the same names. It's so it's so yes. confusing. Yes, uh, but Elias Lindholm, like we know what he can do. This year's been a down year. It's been a weird year for Calgary in general, outside of Markstrom. And yeah, Blake Coleman's leading in points. So yeah, that's that's bizarre. That says way more about the team than him. But good for him. Like awesome. Um, we know what Lindholm can do, but he's also shown it like. Bottom six. He does a great job of filling the right roles. The, the reason that Pittsburgh won back-to-back cups was the third line that he entirely assembled from scratch via trades. Nick Benino centering Carl Hagelin and Phil Kessel. That is his masterpiece. That's the Mona Lisa. 
Like it is brilliant what he did there. Nine times out of 10, the trades are going to be helpful. And again, whether it's what I just talked through or he also does a really good job. I don't know if it's because he has the right scouts in place and he trusts them and gives them autonomy or if it's him that's actually making these decisions, but he is a master of taking misfit toys that are in the wrong team, just not getting the right shake. Something's not right. Bring them in and getting them to the top of their game. We've seen it with so many players, dude, Trevor Daly, Justin yeah. Schultz, um, Ian Cole, who just so happens to also be part of this group, although a little bit different Ian Cole than the one that he brought to Pittsburgh. Now that we know what happened out in uh, Carolina, it's not good. Um, but he, he really does go full circle with how he brings in guys, either getting them on the cheap because the other team thinks they're washed or by just getting the guy you need, like an Elias Lindholm here where he doesn't win, where I'd say he's batting more like two or three out of 10 is what he does in the summer. That's what scares me here is whether it's messing things up with Elias Patterson or deciding you need to keep both. He's going to fuck up that Lindholm contract. He's going to. Well, well maybe, maybe that's where him, he is maybe, going to fuck it up. Maybe that's where new uh, re-signed general manager, Patrick Alvin, uh, steps in and goes, eh, Jim, I'll handle this side. I'll handle this side. You, you've done enough work this year. That, that's like you telling me what we're going to talk about on an episode. He said, it's not happening. <laughs> no, I, I really like maybe things have changed a little bit. Rutherford calls the shots. This is his team. Alvin has the title bump so that he stays instead of going somewhere else to be a GM. Cause he does have the chops for it. It's not like a shot at him. Like I think he's a loser and he can't be a GM. It's just that that's not how it works in him and Jim Rutherford's relationship. No, for but sure. That, what you really need to watch out for is what happens in the summer. And again, dude, bring in Zdorov. Like it's paid dividends. It's looked great. He's fit in. Well, I think that's what you want to watch here down the stretch too this year. He's not going to take any other big swings because realistically, you don't, don't need want to, to give up the capital to do it. You might not need to, although you never know if injuries come. But the real thing to watch is like, who's he grabbing to plug in on the third or fourth line? Who's he bringing in for defensive depth? And is this a guy that like, oh, yeah, five years ago, three years ago, we would have all been excited. But, oh, he sucks now. Why would you do it? That's the guy that you want to circle because Jim Rutherford has a plan whether it's with different coaching or just a different scheme, different fit in the lineup, different D partner, whatever he is going to get the best out of that player. He has historically shown that to be true. I just caution you anything that happens once their season ends. I don't care if that's regular season first or second round of the playoffs, or they win the Stanley cup. Anything that comes after fucking scary. This is the guy that signed Jack Johnson to a five year fucking contract, three and a half million dollars per there is a lot to be afraid of, but in season, he will improve your team when he makes a trade. Be excited. Just don't get excited about like what could come down the road. Like it's right. basically a big jostling act. Like I'm going to make the team better and then worse, but then I'm going to improve it. And then I'm going to tear it back down. Like he can't help himself. He can't just do the trades. He has to just, be like, yeah. well, no, I got to do this now. Like, that there, there's no balance with it. There isn't. And again, 
most of what he did was phenomenal. Dude, look, I, I, like I can read off so many trades. Well, and what, one quick he, thing too, he didn't give up Paul Colson or Nils Hoglander in this deal, which right away was a win for me, right? Like the, the kid from Michigan. No, Hoglander, Lekaramaki, and uh, uh, Willander. Those are the three that I thought one of them was going to have to be included in this deal. The fact that none were. And Amazing. You can't discount how important it was. Like, again, is Kuzmenko as good as he's been like last year? No. Is he as bad as he looked this year? No. No. He's a decent player, but that salary cap that he was going to be tying up for the next couple of years, freeing that up is pivotal. Especially 100%. if you want to have the flexibility to throw the bag at Elias Patterson. Like, this wasn't just about, oh, Kuzmenko sucks, get him out. This no. was, hey, there is money invested here. He needs to be a top six guy. We can bring in a guy that we know is a proven two-way top six guy that can play with elite players. What happens this summer, who knows? But we're also going to have way more flexibility this summer to figure out how we want to tweak this team. Now, that could also be scary. Again, Rutherford does not know He's how to handle that sometimes. He's trigger hungry in the summers for sure. Yeah, but uh, I mean, dude, there's so many that I can name here. First off, trading Daniel Sprong for Marcus Pedersen. Marcus Pedersen is arguably the best defenseman on the Pittsburgh Penguins today. He is a great player. Yeah, he's awesome. We already talked about, you know, Carl Hagelin. Phil Kessel might be the best trade that I have seen in the past decade. That was brilliant. It was the perfect fit. It's what everyone needed. And I just love Phil Kessel. So I would even be biased yeah. if I had to. Rumors are he's coming to Vancouver too. So let's go, baby. Dude, I, fuck, I'm going to have to be that, a fan. That, might be, the na- that might be the last piece. Articles are coming Teddy. out today, dude. Him and Teddy. I'm going to be all fucking in. Him, Teddy, game. talk it. Let's go. It's the reunion, baby. I know, dude. I love that. I love that. Then you've got, dude, Jamie Alexiak was reborn in Pittsburgh. Oh, yep. He was a beast. He, he, yeah. he ended up going back to Dallas and being like three X, the player that he was and look at him. Like he's done pretty well. He's thrived in uh, Seattle. Then bringing in Bugstead and McCann for Broussard and Shan. Like what, what the fuck are you talking about? Of course we have delightful Ronnie text all the thank for McCann being gone. What a fuck that that is yeah, well, probably hey, the one that pisses me off the most. We have Jim Benning to thank for oh, choosing sure. Vertanen over McCann. So true. Yeah. No, that's always going full circle there. And this is the one that'll piss you off. But could Branson was a decent player in Pittsburgh. And that right there just goes to show you he's been bad everywhere. Rutherford found a way to make him okay. And that says so much. Then getting rid of the dead weight of Olimata to bring in Dominic Cahoon, who I was kind of bummed they didn't make things work with. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think if there's any other big ones I'm missing. Um, I mean, all those but, are amazing right right there. Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot. I We can stop there. I'm not going to sit here and scroll forever, but he... The, the trading chops are there. If he makes a trade, even if it feels wrong at first, assume that it's right. If he makes a signing, even if it feels right at first, assume that there's problems with it. Well, yeah, <laughs> but, even on defense for the Canucks, if Carson Soucy was healthy this year, that could have checked one of the boxes, right? That could have filled one of the holes. It's just, he's just had a bad year with injuries, right? Well, Back-to-back sure. injuries and he shut down this year. So you're right. There, there still might be something they have to address on defense. They still oh, might bring dude, in a Phil dude, Kessel, you know. Look, it, perfect example. How good has Quinn Hughes looked with his current D partner? Oh, it's great trade, right? Yeah. I bet he gets aggressively overpaid this summer. 
too mm. much term and too much dollars. That's the kind of thing. It's not that he picks bad players. Like uh, Jack Johnson is a bad example, right? That was just awful on all fronts. Everyone knew it from the get-go, but he <clears throat> takes guys and he invests a little bit too long. And Hornquist isn't the best example either, because that's rewarding a guy that was a warrior and helped you win a cup. But dude, I'm sorry. That's a crippling signing, giving him, what was it? A five by five yeah. at that age, which he somehow turned into a positive with bringing in. Uh, here we are on another one, right? Like, dude, bringing in. <clears throat> now, why am I spacing on his name? Who uh, fuck, he ended up getting sent off to Montreal. Why can't? Oh, Matheson. Matheson. Yes. Mike Matheson. Yeah. Like he. Again, was a good. guy that looked like shit in Florida. Came into Pittsburgh. He was fucking good. He, 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 he tried he to kill Pedersen in a game, I remember, in yeah, one of his, in his first happens. season. <laughs> that happens. But yeah, I mean, uh, all that to say, again, you should be excited that in season, you can pretty much always count on getting better if your team is in a position to actually contend. Summers are going to be fucking stressful. Well, well, let's hope it comes. I mean, Vancouver Canucks fans, anyways. I, honestly, I, I don't speak on behalf of the Minnesota Wild fans listening to this, but from a Canucks perspective, let's hope that it's coming off a of Stanley Cup. And at that point, whatever, whatever, it's absolutely insane. Castle's there. I'll be cheering for it. I don't know what else to say. Let's go. Well, appreciate you making a little bit of time for us here today, my man. Have a great rest of your Sunday, and uh, yeah, we'll connect soon. All right, peace. A big shout out to Hoppy for joining a segment of the show as in typical Isha and Hoppy fashion. Isha only got 10 minutes, only got 10 minutes and I got to get back to, you know, feeding the kid, father duties, etc. Bro, we went like 25 minutes. We went like 25 minutes and uh, it, it's crazy that like we've been doing this for so long and like the rapport is just, even if we take a couple years off, or a couple years, jeez, I hope, I hope we never take a couple years off. Even if we take a couple weeks off, getting back on the mic together is just so much fun and uh, I had the opportunity to meet the little guy finally uh, last week and watch a Minnesota Wild game and it's just, uh, it's just awesome, man. It's just awesome. So all love, continued best wishes to the new happy family. And, uh, and Judd's buds right now is absolutely buzzing, ladies and gentlemen. Um, the rapport that Ho Hoppy and Z have together is great. If you guys don't already, listen to their podcast. It drops every single Friday on this podcast channel that you are subscribed to on Spotify, Apple, or whatever. They also do a live show every Wednesday. That is the recording of the show. Every Wednesday, 6.30 p.m. Central Time. If you want to be part of the show... Send at SodaPod on Twitter your mailbag questions for the week. Tag at State of Hoppy, which is Hoppy, or at Spoked Z, which is Z as they will take your guys' questions and note them down ahead of time. Or you can be part of the live show by joining the live chat. You guys help dictate the show at times. And I really love that element about that show. Started off just Z going off, me editing, and I don't want to say bland because it wasn't bland at all. Anything where Spoke to Z is involved is not bland. But with a little bit of uh, direction, with someone to steer the ship when it goes off route, um, Hoppy's been a great addition to that show. So big shout out to the boys there. Go support them every single Wednesday live on the SodaPod YouTube channel. Don't forget to like the video when you're watching live. And I mean, every episode, unfiltered, unedited, is on the channel right after it's live for your enjoyment if you miss it live. But again, go support the boys every single Wednesday, 6.30 p.m. Central. Before we move on to our 
weird and wacky. I shouldn't even say it's weird and wacky. The the fun wild story here. There is a massive, massive piece of news coming out. Not that it's not just NHL related, but world hockey related. And you not you guys know where I'm going with this. You guys know where I'm going with this. NHL players are back in the Olympics. Yes. Oh my goodness. I can't believe it. The last time that NHL players were sent to the Olympics, I was in first year fucking university back in 2014. Now I took, I graduated high school in 2011. I took a couple years off, did the whole Alberta thing. No, I didn't end up going on the oil rigs despite me getting my oil rig ticket at the time. But I took a couple years before going to, to university and figuring out what I wanted to do. And even then I dropped out of university to go full media. But anyways, that's a story for another time. 2014, I still remember that game waking up super early to watch Canada play Sweden in the gold medal game. And where I lived, where I went to university in Canada at the University of Victoria, it doesn't really snow there in the winter. But I will always remember that gold medal victory because as soon as they beat Sweden and we stepped outside to drive back home as we went and washed at a buddy's house, a blanket of snow covered the ground and it was lightly snowing and it was just, it was just so fitting. It was just so fitting. It gave me vibes of like that winter classic when, uh, when, you know, Crosby, Ovechkin, Pittsburgh, Washington Capitals were going at it and it snowed that new year's day, that new year's, uh, day evening. So that moment is, is just so special to me. Now I know Americans are going, yeah, yeah shut the fuck up. You show. Okay. Yo, Oshi looked pretty damn good in the shootout in that tournament as well. But the Swedes in Canada got past those juiced Russians. Shout out the movie Icarus. Anyways, let's get into it. The world's top hockey league. That is right. The National Hockey League will allow its players to participate in the Olympic Winter Games in 2026 in Milan and in the 2030 Winter Olympics under an agreement announced this last Friday by the National Hockey League and the National Hockey League's Player Association, as well as the International Ice Hockey Federation and the IOC. And like I just said, the NHL players have not been to the Olympics since 2014. Ten years ago. Oh my God, I was a first-year university student ten years ago. I'm getting old. Wow. Gary Bettman was quoted saying there's a recognition of how important this is to the players. Everybody felt on our ownership side that it was the right thing to do. This really came down to doing something because the players really wanted it. Yeah, when your top player like Connor McDavid is scoffing, continuing to scoff at the notion that NHL players are not allowed to participate in the Olympics, you better write that wrong. He also got a million dollars of the all-star game. How are you? At least Elliot Freeman wasn't there on the ice asking, oh, so what charity are you going to give this team? Elliot Freeman's forever soured because of that interview. I, I think it was with Johnny Goudreau when he was younger. But anyways, I digress. IIHF President Luke Tardif smiled and said, we made it. After two years of work that picked up over the last six months in particular, we made it. We came to an agreement. NHL players are going back to the Olympics. Pittsburgh Penguin Center and all-star hockey player from Canada, Sidney Crosby, was also quoted saying, with all the uncertainty that has been around it in the prior years and just how great of an experience it is, I think it's just awesome news, and I'm sure a lot of players are really happy. 
and especially to commit to two different Olympics right off the bat, I think it will be great. Crosby also said that he has to earn his spot. Now that he's getting a little older, despite absolutely dominating this year in the National Hockey League, this is still a, a few years down the road, two years down the road. And he said at that point, he'll have to earn his spot. He'll have to earn this spot. And like, it's crazy to think that like on the American side, I think Patrick Kane's not going to be on that team. There's so many other American options and he old. And Crosby's going to be old too. But what's cool from a Canadian perspective is there's a possibility that Nathan McKinnon, Connor Bedard, Connor McDavid, and Sidney Crosby could all be putting on that red maple leaf together. Fuck the blue maple leaf. Barring any unforeseen circumstances like a global pandemic that caused, caused players to miss Beijing in 2022. As I mentioned there, this will be the first Olympics with a whole new generation of star National Hockey League players from every country. And I mean, just look at the American side of things too. Austin Matthews, Jack Eichel, the Kachuk brothers, the Hughes brothers, to name a few. This is going to be absolutely insane. Not to mention Finland getting a boost, who Finland did win the last Olympics. Mind you, it wasn't the lineal championship as we to throw out a fighting term for you guys, right? It, it was kind of a offshoot where the Olympic athletes of Russia won the tournament prior to that. McDavid told the Associated Press that the opportunity to do this is a dream come true. He's been very vocal about this and he feels it's important for hockey as we continue to try to grow our game internationally and at home. He thinks it's a very great thing. For the first time in a long time, even though the Edmonton Oilers are back on track, McDavid was smiling, man. And it, and it was genuine. It wasn't like a forced smile to uh, to the press there. He was fucking stoked. Bettman said that in 2026 and in 2030, team owners will not be paying a quote-unquote big ticket cost like travel insurance. And that is up to the IIHF and the respective organizing committees to run the bill. Tardif said that national federations and Olympic committees will contribute to that too. The upcoming international uh, calendar will also include a four nations face-off involving the United States, Canada, Sweden, and Finland starting next year, February 12th to 20th, 2025. It'll take place in four cities, one in each country, and a total of seven games. Now, I hate to, uh, I'm usually the, the glass half full kind of guy, and I hate to be a negative Natalie here, but I think this is the dumbest shit ever, personally. I, I think it's the dumbest shit ever. Everybody knows my feelings on the World Cup. I like the World Championship because those who aren't in the playoffs can still go over and have a great tournament. And yes, it's not true best on best, but I like how younger players can get the opportunity to get some reps before maybe now having the possibility to go to the Olympics. I, I don't know how I feel about a non-NHL tournament mid-season. It just seems like if it's not Olympics to me, it's it's a liability, right? And that's how I feel about the World Cup of Hockey, it being before training camp. If it's not the Olympics, which is the platinum standard of international tournament, given that it is mid-season, that it's just a liability, right? And that it could do more harm than good to the National Hockey League. The NHL PA said that this marks a new era for international hockey. We view this event as a building block to a larger World Cup, which, again, scares the shit out of me because I think the World Cup is terrible. I really do. I, I think it's horrendous. I, I hate that tournament with a passion. Bettman reiterated that the NHL would like to get on a cycle of having an international best-on-best -best tournament every two years. Again, which I'm fine with if it's not mid-season like the Olympics. 
Now, this would obviously be a placeholder, if you will, for the Olympics, as the Olympics comes every four years. Again, for me, I'm just going to go back to saying it. If it's not the Olympics, it's a liability. The last World Cup, by the way, was in 2016 when McDavid, McKinnon, Matthews, Eichel all played on a 23 and under North America team, not Canada or the United States. There hasn't been a World Cup since, thank God. President of the IHF said that a council meeting is scheduled for the next week to make a decision on if Russia and Belarus will be participating in the 2025 World Championship and that conversations there will include Olympic participation as well. Now, obviously, 2026, who knows what that situation overseas, that war will look like then. But the conversation is going to happen very, very soon. No matter what happens with that, though, NHL players are going back to the Olympics, baby. So like I said, it remains to be seen if, if Russia or the Belarusians will be participating in the 2026 Olympics. The IOC is going to allow Olympic athletes to compete under the banner Olympic Athletes of Russia. And like I said in the opening of this segment, we saw a team led by Russian hockey legend Pavel Datsuk as well as Minnesota's own Kirill Kaprizov take gold that year, which was 2018. Right now, Finland is the defending Olympic gold medalist as they won the tournament in 2022 in Beijing. But like I said earlier as well, that ain't the lineal tournament winners. It's not. I'm sorry. This was a little uh, side venture, if you will. This was off the beaten path. We have to be honest. The lineal champions are still Team Canada, baby, who, by the way, were able to get through those damn Russians who were juiced to the gills in Sochi. If you haven't seen the movie Icarus, the documentary, go see it. It's one of the best sports documentaries of all time. So, I mean, we want to hear from you. Are you as excited as we are? Were, were you, are you a listener who's too young to even remember how impactful, how amazing the rivalry between Canada and the United States was in 2011 Vancouver? To see your favorite players make history like TJ Oshie for the United States in Sochi or for Team Canada to go to absolute war with Sweden. I'm just kidding. We rolled over them. But still. A Sweden team that had the Sedins, Henrik Lundqvist, etc. I want to say this changes the game, but it's like the game was paused for 10 years and we're back. It was a long 10 years, ladies and gentlemen, and I could not be happier for both the players, for hockey fans around the world, and for the podcast coverage that we're going to have when the Olympics come back. I'm so excited for this. This was the right move, and I'm glad that finally the IOC, the IHF, and the National Hockey League could reach some sort of agreement. Knock on wood, there are no hiccups. And then in 2026, we can see these super teams back on the ice. Before we get to our last segment, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to give a shout out to our friends at Better Edge. Go to betteredge.com slash sodapod today to claim a $20 sign-up bonus to play around with. That is right. Better Edge is a legal betting app in the great state of Minnesota, and it's also all over the United States as well. Every single Minnesota Wild game day, we have a soda pod contest for you all. Minnesota Wild game day pickums, $5 entry, and you get to pick seven out of 10 options that include money line, player point totals, etc. Winner takes all, and it's a lot of fun to go head to head as well outside of our game day pickem competitions 
on the app. It's a free platform with legal betting in Minnesota among 44 other states. And if you like the app and you want to get more out of it, you can become a Better Edge premium member. Premium players have access to free entry to premium pick'em contests to win up to $100, order grades, advanced order fittings, API access, and more. More details at betteredge.com slash premium, but first go to betteredge.com slash sodapod and claim your $20 sign-up bonus today. Better Edge. Locally owned, great people, and we love that they support the Soda Pod. So go support them as well. All right, guys, final segment here on the show. And again, there's not a lot of Minnesota Wild news. Luckily, some Canadian hockey teams decided to make some trades, and we had a good opening segment there. Thank goodness the I the IOC and the National Hockey League, as well as the IHF, were able to come to an agreement on the Olympics. But this is a Minnesota Wild and Beer Podcast. Now, I, I've been kind of on a health kick as well. There hasn't been an official dry January, but uh, definitely going to be uh, making the rounds here in February with our favorite breweries, as it's been far too long since I've gone to back channels, but far too long since I've hit up our friends at Loose Line. So, Hoppy Hour segments will be coming back soon and also on YouTube, so that you guys can also chime in in the comments about if you've had that beer before, why you like it, why you don't, etc. So, look out for that coming in February. But last but not least, again, big shout out to Hockey Wilderness for this fun article. Where did the Minnesota Wild players go on vacation for the All-Star break? Poor Kirill Kaprizov had to go to snowy Toronto. What a terrible, terrible vacation for him. So I feel bad uh, for Kirill Kaprizov because like, who, who the hell wants to go to Toronto, man? Who the hell wants to go to Toronto? Anyways, poor Kirill. Poor Kirill. This is basically what I'm going to do. I'm going to and shout again to Hockey Wilderness. If you want more details on uh, the article, go check it out. But basically, I'm just going to highlight where every Minnesota Wild player went on vacation. So Turks and Caicos, usually, and again, Matt Dumb is not with the team anymore, but he was the one to organize these team trips during their respected breaks. Obviously not here anymore. So Brandon Duhame, of all people, and for some reason, I'm not even surprised, took the liberty of setting up a trip that a lot of players took advantage of. Marc-Andre Fleury, Ryan Hartman, Alex Goligoski, Jared Spurgeon, Matt Boldy, Brock Faber, and Jake Middleton all took a trip to Turks and Kenkos. Rookie Marco Rossi actually took a solo trip, and I mean solo without his team, as he took his girlfriend to Cancun. Just the two of them. I believe she lives in Austria, so this you know maybe was an opportunity for just both of them just to get away together. He's around the team enough and enjoy a romantic holiday in Cancun. I've actually been to Mexico, but I never, I didn't go to that side of Mexico. I didn't go to Cancun. I went to Saibolita, which is a Dope little surf town. I highly recommend you guys go check that out. Uh, Patty Maroon went back to Florida. Him and his family actually traveled back to Florida, visiting old friends, as well as just soaking it up on the beach. Uh, Swedish best friends, Joel Eriksson Ek and Jonas Brodin, took the time to go hiking. That's right. They didn't go lounge on the beach. There's pictures of them that surfaced on some beautiful, beautiful trails. According to Hockey Wilderness, this might actually be in Costa Rica. Is that is where the location was tagged on an Instagram post, but that is unconfirmed. Staying healthy, staying active. And honestly, that's the kind of vacation for me. I, I like to go, even, even when I went to Mexico, for example, I got cabin fever at that resort day two. And I was taking city buses into towns, city buses into some of the smaller villages and hit up some awesome hiking trails as well. So a few players 
uh, decide to actually stay in Minnesota. Marcus Foligno and his wife are expecting a baby, so we imagine that he stayed in Minnesota. There's been no word, pictures, or evidence of him traveling with the team. And Vinny Letary also decided to stay home as well. There's a picture of him participating with the Minnesota Golden Gophers in practice, and apparently he attended church this Sunday as well. What a good old boy. <laughs> I, I love this section on the article. Unaccounted for players. Matt Zuccarello, unconfirmed but maybe Florida? Marcus Johansson, somewhere warm but not specified. No one knows where Zach Bogosian is. Probably in a cave somewhere in northern Canada. <laughs> Connor Dewart is unknown, but I assume with Duham. Freddie Goudreau, they think, also went on the Turks and Caicos trip as well. Mermis, Merrill, Raska, all unknown. And Philip Gustafson, apparently as a young child as well, so maybe they just stayed home with him. And again, poor Kaprizov, stuck in Toronto. Anyways, like I said, folks, there's, there's no wild news this weekend. None at all. So when I was doing some research and I was like, come on, find something, find something. I came across this article written by Mickey. Oh, I'm sorry, Mickey. How the fuck do I say your last name? Mickey Tuoi? Oh, why did you? Why does your last name have to be spelled this way? And I, someone's going to give me grief about this in the comments. I know it. I'm keeping this in the podcast, by the way. Last name spelled T-U-O-H-Y. Is this like a common name in Minnesota? Is this a common name in the United States? I've never seen this last name in my life. Mickey Tuoi? I'm sorry if I butchered your name. Great article. It was... It was a lot of fun to go over and share with you guys. Oh my goodness. I can't recover from that, folks. I I, I got to get the fuck out of here. Uh, <laughs> thank you for those tuning in on Google, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, folks. The best thing you can do for us on those audio platforms is review the show, give us five stars, and share it with other hockey fans. If you're watching this on YouTube, like I said, first time that we're posting this on YouTube, I really appreciate all the support that you guys are showing us on YouTube. We're almost at 1,000 subscribers, so don't forget to smash that like button on this video. All the videos that we post as well as subscribing to the channel. Don't forget to ring that bell for notifications so you never miss an upload and so you never miss a live stream. Sometimes we do impromptu live streams. I, I do plan on getting back on the post-game shows. It's just been busy. You know, life's been busy for everybody. I, I, and that is the cop-out excuse. I get it. But if you guys dig the full SodaPod episodes with and without guests, on youtube let me know in the comments and i'll continue to post them big shout out to you all i cannot believe it was 55 plus degrees that's right i'm thinking in fahrenheit now i'm i'm american now i'm i'm, I'm thinking in fahrenheit i can't believe it was such a warm and beautiful weekend i hope you all enjoyed it for those who love skating on the ponds i know it sucks for those of you who love ice fishing i know it sucks I only got to go out and skate once at a local rink, but you know what? I'll take the sunshine all day, every day. And maybe that just means we get an earlier spring because last year was damn cold, ladies and gentlemen. Last year was damn cold. Anyways, like I said, if you dig the full podcast here on YouTube, please let me know in the comments. Help us get to 1,000 subscribers. And with that, signing off, I'm Isha Dromi. Alongside the state of Hoppy here today, this has been the Soda Pod presented by our friends at Better Edge, Northland Vodka, Waggle Golf, and 7th Avenue Pizza. Don't fear, just drink some beer and stay wild.